Hey, it's Mr. Willikers in the house. The house of the rah-rah. The room of the rah-rah. Episode 11. We got Augustine Ortiz. One of the most ambitious dudes I know. He just doesn't stop mixing, mastering, recording, writing, shredding, promoting, performing, supporting, building, repairing, destroying. I told you all to bring your metal horns. That was a short snip from Carrie and Kind, one of Augustine's many projects. We're going to play that whole song at the end, so stick around. Um, but we are going to play one more song before we jump into the interview. This track is called All Consuming by Dysphotic, off of the EP Chaos Terrain.
back to the Raw Raw Room for episode 11. We've got Agustin Ortiz, a man with many hats. I don't even know where to begin with you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, this, man, this welcome. Is awesome. This is awesome that you're doing this. It's very cool and uh, flattering to be to be on the show. Thank you much. Yeah, man, really good to have you. I met you as an audio engineer when I first got out of uh, audio college, um, had my, you know, recording engineer degree and I said, I'm gonna go get me a job and uh, I came across uh, a friend of a friend told me to uh, talk to Jesse Albright oh yeah uh, Jesse the man the myth the legend <laughs> yeah and, and he um I didn't know who he was but I had friends who knew him I got a hold of his number said, hello sir I, I would like a job and I had no idea who Jesse was he's like oh cool man well just come over to the studio man come on over so I go over, <clears throat> knock on the door. Jesse's standing there. He opens the door, and he's holding a fully poured beer bong in his hand. And he goes, <laughs> you're Zach, right? Drink this. <laughs> and I just look around, and I'm just like, okay. And I just take it right then and there. And uh, Jesse says, good thing you drank that, because if you didn't, I was going to tell you get the hell out of here. <laughs> and so that's how I met Jesse, and I started working with him. And uh, being at that studio, I don't know, I want to say I spent a good two years putting in work over there with him. Uh, and you came along. He told me one day, oh, this guy, Augustine, we're going to partner up. He's bringing all this great gear. And that's how you appeared into to my my mind and my world was, was through there as the audio engineer. Right, right. With all the cool gear and knew how to fix things and do cool stuff that I was still just learning. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's... That's he was an audio engineer. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean those were those were cool times. You know, it was, it was interesting when I came back because I moved away to Minneapolis for uh, about five years, and um, you know learned a lot up there and worked with a lot of great guys. And then yeah, coming back, everyone was super excited. I mean, almost like too much pressure. It's like, oh, he's coming back. He's gonna save everything. And uh, you had like ten albums to make before you even got here. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and then um, and then yeah, trying to you know pick up some pieces and clean some stuff up. But I mean, you know, things were already rolling. He'd already built so much, you know, so, and it was similar when I met him too, except he had two beer bongs at that time. Oh, and we raced and I lost. Oh man. But, <laughs> so not a good way to start, I guess. He's a good one to lose to though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, but yeah, no, I've been, uh, you know, doing audio engineering for uh, 15 years now. Um, you know, started with four tracks and, you know, all the way up to the modern digital age. Um, in the scene, I'm pretty been trying to keep the the metal scene alive here in Santa Fe because coming out of it, there was so much good stuff happening at that time, and then seemed to you know Warehouse 21 was such a cornerstone in that scene, and then when they kind of closed and reopened, just the, they lost a ton of momentum. And which this is the era we're talking early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s, like you know the the Seven Circle. I played in that for a while. I played another band, Insight. You know, Grinkai was just starting. Oh, man, those are names I remember being a teenager. Yeah, yeah. I used to go to all the metal shows, all the punk shows, everything back then. Oh, yeah, you know, One Down. Um, and, there, I mean, there are so many others. You one Down. You can't list them all. And um, to have such a huge scene and then to move to a bigger city where the scene wasn't as connected, but they had a lot of shows. Um, you know, any night you could see a metal show. Um, you know, every sometimes there'd be three or four on the same night. Everything from your grungy underground metal to you know, A-list national acts. But the scene was very disconnected, and then to come back 
the scene was really strong and really tight. And then, you know, a lot of those bands broke up. Grinkai broke up. Um, uh, this Day's Light kind of broke up. And so, you know, these bands like broke up all of a sudden. And, and these were, were the groups we were recording yeah, when we met over dirt. over there at a, yeah. at a DS studio. That's what I knew it as. DS. Don't Suck Studio. <laughs> Jesse suck. had the sign he put in the window. It just said, don't suck yeah. when the vocalist I was about to go on. I knew it as DMBD, Dude Man Bro Dog Studios. Oh, now, yeah, that's coming back to me. Yeah. But yeah. I kind of... I kind of moved on and started working at Stepbridge Studios around the time you came in. So we oh, kind of right, right. kind of missed each other a little. I met you, but yeah, we worked I worked yeah. on one or two songs, I think. But then yeah, we ended up kind of missing each other. Yeah, I was there for working on tracks for Torn Between Worlds. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. Dredging the Lake. Oh yeah, that was This right Day's Light. I think we were working on their album. Yeah, they weren't done yet. I mean, we it's mixed and ready to go, but they still haven't released it, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, we did. Did all kinds of random other stuff, too. Jesse would come in, oh, yeah, you want to take these takes? Cool. Yep. We're, we're doing punch-ins for bass today. I got to go run some errands. <laughs> and I'm just in there like, all right, cool. Yeah. Great. Like, I fell in love with, I used to love metal when I was a kid, younger. And then as an audio engineer, I grew passionate about the precision of it all. Oh, the, right. Just getting all those takes in and getting that chug just right and and the the the... um. I don't know. It's like classical music. There's so much, and and it made me a really good editor, mm-hmm. and it made me really good at doing punch-ins, and and really piecing together the song and making sure everything was perfect. That's one thing I learned from Jesse, and just the process of get, getting that solid sound with metal. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and it can go both ways, you know. Um, the eras have changed a little bit, you know. I mean, I'm I'm all for precision, also, but you know, the budgets aren't there most of the time. So <laughs> that's true too. So you know, I, lately I've been doing a lot of you know live recording and you know get them in, get them out, you know, and and just stay under budget. Um, and so uh, you know, it's changed a little bit, and and the the metal scene has changed a little bit. You know, thrash is making a huge comeback. Doom metal was was on the rise and still still rising. So I think you're starting to see that. I think the the tech death and the super tight, clean stuff is starting to is is you know, people are still doing it definitely, but it's not as precise as it as it used to be. You're well, starting people, to people see are rec- missing that like uh, raw feel. I mean, that's the point of this music in in a lot of ways. You know, yeah. unleash this like it's, massive amount of force and energy. Do you want to unleash it in a sterile manner? It, it almost yeah. You, I could I could see that approach. Yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's raw. It's, 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 it's not music for your mind. I mean, it can be, and a lot of people do that, like, you know, Prague and tech death. I mean, that's awesome. But I think, you know, the core of metal coming from, you know, even as early as black Sabbath or in the eighties with, you know, Slayer and so forth. I mean, it, that's all music from the heart. You know, they were just expressing that anger of, of starting out even if they weren't technically able to do it, it's just that punk rock kind of vibe and, and you know, with a little more anger behind it. And I think that's the beauty of it that, you know, that we, I, I try to capture if I can, you know. Well, when I, my experience with that, with that style, I know it's such a vast, vast world, but, you know, going to shows, being in an all dark, Usually, you know, a lot of people are wearing dark clothes. It's dark. Yeah. Everything's just dark. You know, there's maybe like a red light on the guy. You know, these are yeah. shows I remember. And like it, there's anger absolutely as a part of it. But I think it's more of like a primal 
kind of it pulls something deep and instinctual and just being in that just feeling that like the power of metal when you're when you're <laughs> in the in the vibe in the moment like i don't jam out in my car listening to metal i right. used to but um you know maybe i just like to be a little more relaxed and chill but for for just being like taken by that that sound oh man it's it's it is heart and it's but primal energy man I, I agree with that i think it's definitely more pri- yeah anger is maybe not the right term yeah but definitely more primal i, I agree with that because I mean, these are the nicest guys you'll ever meet. You yeah. Know? I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you know, like they may seem scary on stage and they're putting a lot of energy and, you know, they write a lot of minor and sad and dark riffs. But um, but when you meet them in person, I mean, they'll give you the shirt off their back if you need it at any moment, you know, at any time. And they're welcoming and, you know, just we're, I mean, we're surprisingly welcoming in the scene and even though it may not seem that way. Um so yeah, anger may not be the right term. Maybe it's their outlet, but yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of people, you know, I do this so I'm. That's why I'm nice in the real world <laughs> yes, because I've got all this energy inside. You know, like Summon from the last episode, he was talking about how he had all this energy inside of him, and and he didn't know what to do with it. He learned to channel it through his music. And yep. he, Summon's one of the nicest, coolest dudes I know. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, if you it's because he's channeled and harnessed his energy and to do that with metal i mean you know like ben durfee yeah you see him he's always tapping and you know always like doing percussion yep always and he's also one of the nicest guys i know <laughs> yeah. so it's because he's always like banging on stuff all the time he's getting that out you know i think that's my interpretation of it so yeah i totally see that the more intense the music, probably the cooler and chiller. They're probably nicer than Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, um, so yeah, that's 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 the scene in a nutshell, pretty much. Um, so, well, what we were talking about, uh, and I kind of interjected, but the old scene, the warehouse crowd when we were younger, younger, yeah, and then now you came, you came back a few years later, and it, you didn't see it the same way. Yeah, well, a lot of stuff happened all at once. It was right during the recession, so, you know, Corazon had closed, which was kind of one of the few oh. venues that did original music. That hurt know? everybody. Yeah, we're still, we're still mean, missing Corazon. Exactly, you know, and, um, and and I would go to metal shows, or I w- and then as my band got started, Carrying Kind, we would, you know, we'd play our first couple shows, and we'd promote it heavily, and, you know, not <laughs> a very small number of people would come out. And, and even the shows before, I mean, I would argue that, you know, I didn't think they were promoted as well as they could be. You know, I only heard about it super last minute. Um, so, you know, that's when I kind of started to think about, hey, let's try to, let's, let's, you know, I've, I've I'd done promoting for years, you know, let's, let's do it right and see what we can do. Um, and then that's where I met shortly around that same time and through the studio, I met uh, Pasquale and uh, we started Kronos Creative, um, which is kind of a media company mixed with uh, promoting, and he has the contacts. He played in some bigger bands, and so he had contacts, you know, all over the U.S. of these great A-list bands, and he's like, you know, we should make Santa Fe a destination. They're skipping Albuquerque. They're skipping our whole area. They're playing Farmington and, like, some crappy town in Texas. Why can't we get them in Santa Fe? It's already on their way. Yeah, it's on their way. And um, and so we decided, you know, we both decided together and it's like, all right, we're going to do promoting, but we're going to do it the way we believe it should be done. So, you know, we will never not pay a band. 
doesn't matter what level, all the way to the local, we'll pay out of pocket if we have to. And there was a lot of out of pocket shows. You know, we'll make sure our hospitality is done. We make sure we get their guarantees covered. We'll never walk away from a band, even if it costs us hundreds of dollars, you know. And so we tried. We put together some big shows. Um, you know, we got Intronaut through here, Municipal Waste. Um, you know, we did Six Feet Under, which had some issues, but we, you know, we did everything. We, we really pushed the scene hard and kind of, you know, invested, tried to invest in the scene um, and to kind of show even our local talent where we have an amazing amount of musical talent, but it's like there's more to it than that. You've got your performance, you have, you know, try to be a little bit more professional and work on your getting your music out, um, which is something that really lacked in our scene where, you know, we just didn't have the resources. We didn't, you know, we the studio was still young, um, you know, nobody had really done you know, especially as the music industry has been changing, how to do distribution and online stuff. I mean, you know, half the guys I work with still don't have a computer. So, but they're amazing musicians, you know, so how do you help them go forward with that? I know that feeling, man. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, listening wonky. Yeah. So as soon as we got, <laughs> so once we got Kronos going, um, you know, we brought in some bigger shows and then that started attracting people um, you know, who wouldn't normally go to a smaller show, you know, they, or they, maybe they did it a long time ago. And it's like, well, you mean municipal waste is playing Santa Fe. And then of course we would basically pack the front of that with all local bands. So it's like, here's your local scene. Here's what you have. And from that, we really, I think we really grew in the sense that, you know, the bands were starting to interact again. You know, they, we, there was some big rifts in the scene and um, I made it a point to book these bands together and get to know them um, and become friends with them. I mean, there was, you know, there was, it was like pockets and we kind of brought them all together, even older guys and younger guys. And, you know, now they all party together. I mean, there's always issues, but, you know, but if anything else, it's like, at least we're all supporting each other, but we've been able to really branch out, you know, um, I don't like the term, like support your local scene. Like I, I feel like it's like, we're asking for a charity. I've always preferred, like, here's how awesome our scene is. You really got to come see it. Like, yeah, like be a part of your local yeah, scene and come, of... come see it, you know? Um, and it's good. It's really good. You know, I, I made it a point to only book good bands and starting like younger starting bands. It's like, you know, kind of how we did it in the old days where, you know, you bring them in on an opening slot and you kind of coach them a little bit. You know, you got to step up and say, you know what, you know, you guys need to tighten up a little bit more and then I'll book you, you know, or or give real feedback um, to make them better. And so that way the scene remains healthy with just talent all the time. So you got to bring the young ones in to keep it alive. And yeah. And include you don't them. end up being like the old geezers. You're like, oh, back in my day. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. You know, so and I mean, I'm still looking for guys, you know, I'm looking for those bands that are playing in the garage and I know they're out there. I see metal shirts everywhere, you know, every so often I walk into a guitar store and some kids shredding on a guitar and I'm like, are you in a band? Are you starting a band? You should start a band, you know? Find your drummer friends, you know, do something because that's how how we all started. Even if it's terrible, you know, at first. And we were all terrible at first. Yeah, Some yeah. Some of us, the occasional ones were start out good, but it's it's a rarity, <laughs> it's, man. It's rare, it's rare. But then, you know, try to intermix them with the guys with more experience so they have somebody to learn from. Absolutely. And can look at that and they have something to aspire to, you know. And then that's, you know, that's how you keep a, that's how you keep a scene alive, especially in our small little town, you know, basically. Well, you guys are known for supporting each other. You guys being the, the Sanfe metal scene. Like, 
even Johnny Pink, you know, you guys do the Metal Mondays. We got the Hip Hop Wednesdays. Yep. And Johnny's like, yeah, you know, just get some heads in here. You know, the Metal Dudes, Metal Dudes, they come in here. They're just like everybody's best friend. They they support each other, you know. He's like, we get, we need everyone to be more like the Metal Dudes. And that's Johnny Pink. You know, he owns a bar. He sees <laughs> yeah. it. He sees it. And he know? hates metal, by the way. <laughs> or at least, to I don't think he likes hip hop either. But he he do, and he doesn't drink, and he owns a bar. That dude like just puts up with some. Can some you imagine? Crazy... <laughs> I ask him that at the end of the night when there's some drunk people still there, and I'm like waiting for the DJ to finish to pack up or whatever. Mm. He, I'm like, how do you do this, man? He's just like, I've been doing it for a long time, man. Yeah. It's like oh, you're making your money. Yeah, and he's awesome, and he's actually a cornerstone, an unsung cornerstone, you know, like, you know, um, because he really is probably the only bar that's truly, you know, metal and hip-hop friendly. I mean, Skylight, Skylight's done some awesome stuff, too, and I think he's really open to it, but, you know, they, they, have, they have to run a business, so I, I understand, like, we, like, you know, metal never get a weekend there, you know, which is fine. However, the underground... Um, and Johnny and even, and even Nick, you know, as, as surly as he is, man, I mean, they've, they've been really accepting and they've really warmed up to us and it's been a, a, a cornerstone, you know, knowing that I can bring some, you know, some poor touring band and they're, you know, they're basically going to get paid in pizza and whatever we make at the door and they're totally stoked about it and we can do that. And we know that, you know. 40, 50 people will show up. I mean, that's, that's great. You know, that we, we need that. And that's a cornerstone. I've seen bigger cities with less, with smaller turnouts, you know, you only have way more people. I'd love to have Johnny on this show. He's, he's important. (laughs) Yeah. I try to get all aspects of this, of, of a scene, you know, and there's so many people, you know, it's just, it's not just the MC or the DJ or the beat maker or, you you know, whatever, like this is my first audio engineer guest. And that makes me happy because being an audio engineer, I don't have too many to talk to all the time. So <laughs> we might get a little nerdy at some point. Yeah. I've, and I love it. I mean, you know, and that's, but I, I love it, but I, you know, my, it's, it's a skill that I have that I, and I, I really do try to like push bands, you know, forward. And it's like, you know, let's, let's, let's get a solid recording that captures your essence and, let's you know let, let's take it somewhere and then you know with the record label that i run also you know i can take it from end to end right so we could start with a band from the demo stage and i produce also so it's you know we even help with arrangement and things like that and then take it all the way i mean we can press it we can do everything i, I do press cd pressing and cassettes you know um and kind of be the hub for all of that, you know, we have contacts for merch, we have contacts for logo design, artists, everything um, from all over the world, actually. So we can put a package together affordably um, with top, top quality and just really go end to end and release it, distribute it, properly promote it um, and, you know, try to help them take it to the next level. But also, again, you know, maintaining that promoter like the way we started is like we're going to do it right it's all about the artist you know we're not in it for the money um you know we hope to make a little bit but to at least maintain but at the end of the day it's about making their art and standing behind that artist and saying you know what i am proud of this as the whole package um and and stand beside them you know and and help them push help them push forward that's awesome man it's great to have people 
people in the world like that. You know, we try to do that with our scene. Yeah. Being the hip hop scene, we, we've kind of come together as a collective ourselves lately. That's awesome. And it's great to hear you talk about, you know, what you've done for your scene. And we share a scene, you know, it's not like we're separate. No. Sure, we don't really collaborate on music. Maybe somewhere in the scene that I don't know about that is happening, but That'd be cool we're all us. homies, you know. <laughs> yeah. We're all friends, yeah. Like, and we, we got Mr. Unknown, you know, uh, he's, he's a great MC. He's also uh, been a bass player in local metal bands and stuff. So, oh, yeah. So it's kind of cool. Like, you know, it, it blends together. Music this, is all one language. It's all inclusive. <laughs> and a lot of metal guys love hip hop and vice versa. I mean, it's, you know, we're all cut from the same cloth. We're doing the same thing. You know, we're just take it a different style. You we know? just make different sounds. D- different sounds, you know, <laughs> but it's underground. We support it. And you have to, you know. Um, and, you know, I see this as like a lot of us are in like the next generation of what the industry is going to be. Um, you know, they we're all it there's a there's a, a term where it's like you want to align yourself with people that are at the same level in their career and i see hip-hop and metal and and all these like smaller scenes like you know you're doing podcasts you know we're there was some other dude doing podcasts that we could never get on their stuff you know or, or metal like we'll never be on some of these bigger labels you know they'll never say never but you know um it's less likely versus like, you know, we're the new, we're the new engine of the new train of the new rails, right? You know, that's like going to be driving the industry forward. The DIY is coming back hard. It is, you know, and you mentioned a term on one of your shows, not DIY, but DIT, do it together. Do it and together. And I really yeah. like that because. We've all adopted that pretty fiercely yeah, once one of us thought of it. <laughs> it's awesome, man, because it's perfect, you know, because, um, I mean, if I list out everything, it's like the only reason it happens is because I have teams and partnerships and I have strategic, you know, friends that I know I can rely on that do this and friends that do that. And, and then it's really all of us working together, even if, even if it's not like an official partnership, um, you know, that's the only way we can really push forward because nobody can run it a hundred percent all the time. You know, somebody always, you know, with the label, you know, if I'm having a bad couple weeks and, you know, I know I can rely on him to pick it up and vice versa when he gets busy and he's doing this, like, Hey man, I need you to handle this release. I, I'm trying to produce this other stuff and I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, dude, I got it. You know, I'll handle the duplication. We'll get, we'll, you know, make the YouTube videos or, you know, or I'll mix this or master that or whatever we need to get done to get it done. Um, and, you know, it's that collective of work that, that makes it makes it really happen. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful. I feel like this is like a time the stars are aligning or something that's causing this. But <laughs> it's just this time that I'm noticing it. But it just seems I'm surrounded by people coming together for for a bigger cause. And, and you know, maybe it's because when I was a younger musician, I hung out with other younger musicians and our heads weren't on the bigger picture quite yet. We were just trying to figure our own stuff out. And now I'm surrounded by artists who've spent a lot of their time doing that. And now everyone's kind of realizing themselves in a way where we can actually share it with each other and build up. You know, it's like, I'm good at music videos. You're good at whatever you're good at. Instead of you just having me having a crappy beat, but an awesome video and you having a crappy video on a good beat, let's just, uh, trade yeah you know so it's yeah. been been amazing what you just put it out there and it and you know with the right as long as you if you know if you go about it in a, an unselfish way that's the thing you have to be about the, the community in order for the community to work for you you can't just say okay what can i get out of these people yeah. you're gonna be kicked out of that crew 
quickly. No, no it's, it's all it's all about sharing. Yeah, what can you help them? You know, you help them and they help you. And yeah, I mean, it's 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 sharing bread with your neighbor. I mean, it's it's you definitely have to be selfless and yeah, think about the greater good and help them. You know, help the artist, help your your cohort. Yeah, you know, if you have a guy that does video and be like, hey man, I could do your audio and make them better. You know, make them look better and they'll make you look better. It's it's all about trading and helping each other you know and and not being afraid of that you got to put your ego aside and and just really work as a team and and be proud of what you do and i think that's really it if you care and you're proud of what you put out and you really take a look at it and evaluate it and go you know and 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 also critique it to how you can be better and then you everyone grows together you know Um, a lot of the engineers i started with we were both you know it's like terrible stuff early on and I listen to old recordings. I'm like, uh. but you know, after critiquing and with my peers and you know helping each other, we've all grown. And and it's coming from a time when you know engineers kept things close. And everything was so close. I'm not giving away my secrets. And it's like, well, you know, I don't believe in that. Like, I just believe that, you know, this is art. So techniques aren't don't have anything to do. You know, it helps. It's good to know some techniques, but it's still art. You can't let the craft get in the way of the art. It's better to sound new than to sound good, in my opinion, you know, or it's better to capture the energy, you know, metal's a great example, like sometimes you want a dirty, raw recording that sounds like you did it with a broken microphone in the forest somewhere. If that fits that vibe, it's a terrible recording, technically, but if it fits that vibe and it captures that energy awesome you know so adds texture yeah and you know but again yeah that community of of, of maybe understanding that or, or sharing that with another engineer goes yeah maybe this band you should just go for it man take a four track into the woods and go for it you know <laughs> and uh, not worry too much about you know uh about it being perfect you know um but uh but sometimes you need that to you know you need, you need people to help you to pull you back and push you forward and and i think that's important Awesome, man. Well, let's play some music here. All right. Uh, what what do you what do you think would be a good thing to play right now? Let's see, what did we talk about? Um, yeah, well, so I think kind of in the DIY, and it's a it's a band off my label that I mixed. It was kind of a co mix. Like he sent me some stuff, and it was a great example of uh, of my partner at Intelidon Records, where you know he has a industrial band and he was really struggling with the mix and we we're going back and forth and and I was like and so we finally just decided to he's like well I'll just have you mix it you know and he'd like pre-mixed it and then I finished mixing it and I think it came out really successful um you know it's big it's loud it's uh it it's well produced um came out really really well and I ended up mixing and mastering it and he's you know he's in the DIY spirit you know small studio just making albums you know it's amazing so um this is uh despite loyalty and the song is lollygag
right, so that was uh, Despite Loyalty, uh, Lollygag. Well, we've heard about Augustine, the engineer, the promoter, the label owner, the uh, scene hero. <laughs> Come here to rescue everybody. I'm just kidding. I know you said you didn't do that, but it sounds like you did, man. It sounds like you did. So uh, let's talk about you as the musician, the artist. You've uh, you've been in a lot of bands. I guess Seventh Circle is kind of the first thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure you've had more before that. Yeah, probably that's the most notable one. Um, we had, you know, I played an Insight before that, and we did a lot of shows. Oh, Insight. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's legendary I think, local band. Yeah, yeah. People forget about that one, and it's interesting because a lot of people know me as a bass player when I'm actually more of a guitar player. Seventh Circle was the first band I played bass in. Um, and you know, I, I did that cause I, I just wanted to try it and learn something new. And, and I had a lot, I still play bass. I love it. Um, I love both for different reasons, you know, when that band was a very technical band, those guitar, yeah, yeah. guitar I mean, riffs was, were insane. It was super insane. So you were still, you still had something to play, you know, play to. Yeah. And you know, Insight was, I guess, probably more like I wrote most of the music. So it was more kind of my baby. And then it's just awesome to, like I, I love, I love doing both. I like, you know, I don't, I don't mind leading, but I also like to be a good supporting role, you know. And I think that's where like bass really helped me fill in that and and learn how to how to play, how to enhance something that somebody's already done, which is kind of what audio engineering and producing is. You take what's you, you're not, you know, you're taking what an artist creates. You're like, all right, this is awesome. I hear where you're going. Let's just make it more concise or help build it up or add things to it. Um, or maybe leave it alone. You know, that's the other side of it. You're like, this is great as is. Don't touch it. You know, that's, I think, part of understanding that. But, um, but yeah, as a, as a musician, so I did that. And then, you know, when I moved away, I was, I was playing. Um, you know, I started another band out there. And, uh, you know, I was definitely going more down the prog route. Um, and, uh, you know, I was doing, like, some, you know, like, paid gigs or not it wasn't like cover bands but i play original music but i was just i was a paid member i wasn't writing or anything and then um when i came back uh started carrying kind kind of out of the you know the ashes of of Grinkai. you know jesse had moved away frank had went into rehab and um you know so we i was able to kind of pick up gabe the drummer from that and another bass player uh vince who used to play in like deceiver and you know we're talking like way back when i was a teenager you know they were in their 20s and when i was in a teenage when i was a teenager so it was cool to to kind of align up with them we just hit it off i mean it was great you know it was like chemistry yeah it's not the most technical but i i wanted to do a band where like the technicality and the progressiveness was there but it was palatable you know um in my last band in minnesota we were very progressive and it's like the musicians would love us their girlfriends wanted to go home and mm -hmm. i want i wanted to you know bring all that together so if you're if you just want to come out and thrash out you can do that but if you're a musician and you really want to like get nerdy you can get nerdy and i i hope it i hope i've achieved that balance and um and you, know, you uh you got jason grace on vocals so we got jason grace on vocals so we picked him up and he's kind of a younger guy and so it's cool he's from casa Vida, another technical band yeah yeah he's been i've known him forever yeah yeah and so we have a nice big span of like experience and you know he brings like a you know more modern style and then we're kind of bringing in some old school style i think i'm kind of stuck somewhere in the middle and it's been awesome yeah um, little known tip 
Jason Grace is the architect who built the computer for the Ra Ra Room. Oh yeah, no he, kidding. He built the brain of this operation. <laughs> we call her Rhonda. All all connected. All connected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So big big shout out to Jason Grace. He used yeah. to be my roommate years ago. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Good, That's awesome. Good, good friend. Long history. Yeah, no, he's he's a great friend, and and you know we worked together for a while, and yeah, he's great, um, and and doing you know still doing awesome music and awesome things. So happy for him for sure. And then you know, ha- but speaking of like Casavita and his old band, you know, I ended up starting to play with Ben Durfee and Zach Hogan, who are also um, you know amazing musicians in their own, and they started a new band, Dysphotic. Uh, and I'm playing bass with them, you know. So I'm playing guitar and carrying kind, playing bass with Dysphotic. And we're both working on albums right now simultaneously, two full lengths, uh, you know, that are kind of slowly moving along. Um, it's it's hard for me because it's hard to work for free on your own music. But, um, but you know, that's also kind of why I got into this. So that's that's why I do it was to record my own music. You have to remind yourself that I have to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, when I'm busy promoting, putting on all these events, recording albums for other people, doing this and that, I'm like, you know, when's the last time I actually wrote a song or made a beat for myself i have to be like dang it yeah no, you're yeah. losing yourself man you gotta remember to do your craft that's the whole point when, yeah. when your craft starts to suffer because of all the work you're putting into your craft that's <laughs> yeah. that's when you gotta you know balance it out yeah no it, it's and it's tough you know and uh yeah it, it it's really tough so yeah, you know, you got to keep writing. And, and I think that's what I love about, like, Caring Kind is with those guys, like, we just jam. We write every song in one day. You know, there's no... We will sometimes go back late as we, you know, we're actually writing album three. We're recording album two and already writing album three. And that's it's, great. And we're kind of like... Yeah, you know, we're, we're taking more than one day on a few where we'll, like, bust one out and then we'll listen to it later and go, like, ah, and then we'll kind of maybe, you know, rearrange it or revisit it um, versus, like, the first album was every song was in one day. I would just throw on a CD that I kind of wanted to – I'd just throw on some CD on the way to practice and be like, all right, that's my inspiration. Let's do this, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> That's great. And That's uh, so cool. some and sometimes it was a classical guitar album. Sometimes it was you know a pop album. Sometimes it'd be the most brutal, raging death metal, and uh, you know, pig squeal, pig destroyer, or something. And yeah, then that's would be the inspiration for the song and we just go for it you know and see what happened which was which is a lot of fun and kind of liberating when you spend so much time working on other people's music and it's hard to take time out for your own music that uh you know it's just a good outlet to have guys you have chemistry with that you just can go for it and do something you know do something fun and just let loose and not and not worry about it you know not overthink it like that's again you know back to that primalness of metal it's like you don't want to overthink it i believe you don't want to overthink it it's it it, you know the point of it is to be played live the point of it is to you know music is 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 for yourself and for other people but you know i don't know you just you just want to it's about it's more about feeling don't you know try not i try not to overthink it if i can yeah it's hard hard being the technical element of your group and also you know not overthinking things at the same time yeah it's a hard lesson to learn like the carrying kind album um you know like i didn't mix it even though i really wanted to and i tried i tried really hard and it was like a breaking down moment you know where it's like i just cannot get this where i want it to be 
And I think that's part of this too, is like, you know, again, with partnerships, it's like, you can't do it all yourself. You can't Superman it. No one is. So, you know, how do you, how do you branch out? I've learned that from, from Artie, my label partner a lot. It's like, you know, he outsources so much stuff. He keeps, he produces, he writes, and then he, he'll outsource mixing if he has to, he'll outsource mastering, even though he can do it all. But it's like, no, it's like, it keeps, you got to remain fresh and get other people's perspective. You know, it's, it's a team that builds this, not one person. Spread yourself too thin. You just, you, you don't do any one thing that well. Yeah. Sure, you're doing a lot of things, maybe okay, mediocre. Right. Uh, but you're not doing one thing very well. You cut it down to two or three things that you do, and you just do it that well. Yep. That's my problem. Like, I'm always, I've been a promoter, you know, a lot like you, you know, promoter. I started recording just because I needed my band to have recordings. Started yep. promoting because I needed my band to have shows. Made a website because we needed a web. And then it all <laughs> just became, then I started, now I'm making little videos and like, now I got a podcast somehow. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just like I just keep doing all this other stuff. And it's like, man, all I ever wanted to do was learn how to shred. Like that's how <laughs> this all started when I was a kid. I just wanted to play guitar. I just wanted to get girls. And look what happened. You know? Yeah, I mean that's that's why I wanted to shred. Right, uh, that right. was yeah. But uh Luckily, my motivations have evolved over the years. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah. Now I don't. Now it's interesting because I don't know. Like, if I like, what else would I do? You know, like it's, you know, they always what. What would you do for free? And I mean, I think a lot of us at this level are doing most of this for free. You know, if not all of it. So, um, I mean, there's there's gigs where I'm promoting, running sound, and uh, you know, do burn through the whole night, load a metric ton of gear, and then. You know, at the end of the night, the door didn't do that well, and I want to make sure the touring bands have enough cash, and I make sure they're fed, and I pay the locals because I have to do that, and, you know, and, you know, I'm out 50 bucks. I'm like, what the hell just happened, you know? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the plight of the promoter in a small yeah. scene, though. That's why it's, it's uh, you got to love your promoter. Oh, yeah. Because they are sacrificing more than well anyone else in in this thing. At least that's why a lot of us shy away from from taking on the bigger acts and stuff it's because you know there's some horror stories we've had in the past with with the 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 owner or the artist destroying property or oh man or uh the promoter not being able to pay the agreement or you know and then it it looks bad on the whole scene and it just causes all this drama so if anyone's willing to promote i'm like all right you're the man yeah. or, or the woman like and I'll, and I'll help you sometimes I take on promoting but I'm careful about that because of that very reason you, you know? have to be yeah and I mean well and I tell I try to tell bands though too it's like even though yeah the promoter's important I guess but you know the promoter's nothing without the bands you know like I mean why would I mean if I don't have any bands like if without like without them I don't exist you know true and true so at the same time it's, it's a mutual respect you know so I tell but I think the promoter you don't people don't understand the risk the promoter actually takes and what no. in the end it's their pocket no that's true and I, I guess that's the point I don't want to discount the, the music of course but yeah, everyone already yeah. knows it's about the bands right, they, don't, right. they don't know it's about the yeah the I mean too, we take know? a lot of risk and I've, it's been I've had I've had one band so far uh, this band Merrillmonger and, and Bryce the drummer came up to me and he's like 
and you know, I I paid out the door and everything, and um, and he actually tipped me for the night for doing sound and everything else. And he's like, well, do you know, do you make money from this? Because people assume the promoter's getting paid by the club, or we're getting like yeah, there's some money you're, coming. You think you're like the the bankroll, like yeah, and they're and somebody's you know paying for all this, or I get paid for sound, and it's like, nope. You know, the reason I do sound is because I don't want to pay somebody else to do sound because I'll lose more money, and you know, I'll be there anyway, so I might as well, you know do as much as I can. But at the end of the day, yeah, we're not, you know, I mean, we, most promoters, I mean, there's some that are snaky out there. Don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, most promoters are doing it because of the passion of, of they love music or, I mean, nobody goes into it for the money. Um, you know, but yeah, we take a lot of risk and and it's a misconception. I've had bands come down on me really hard thinking that, you know, I was leaving them out or whatever. And, and it, you know, and they've been really upset with some of the decisions I've made, and, um, you know, and, you know, I try to diffuse the situation as best I can because my interest is entirely for the bands, you know, but I'm like, well, you know, I, I tell guys, I mean, anybody could be a promoter tomorrow, you know, I mean, you could start promoting tomorrow and you will learn very quickly how scary it really is and how much work it really is, you know, um, you know, we've talked about it some, but, and, and, but it's, yeah, you know, making flyers, putting the show together, organize everything, you know, your, your middleman between the club owner, the, you know, who's just not, wants to make money. I need to sell booze. And then you've got the bands who are like, I just want to play and I need to, you know, I want to make some money for my time, which totally makes sense. And then you have the fans who are like, I just want to see a great show. And then you have, you know, staff on top of that security. You know, you've got the owner yelling at you because he doesn't know who's in the band and who's not. And everybody's saying they're in a band sneaking their way in, you know. Um, and for the fans, too, they think we make all this money. And I tell you, it's 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 not the case, not at my level anyway. Uh, maybe I'm doing something wrong, but... You well, know. when you're trying to feed your scene, you know, that's kind of the payment in a way. Yeah. You're, you're doing you, it as an investment, it's a physical an, and time investment into, yeah, into and you, and what you believe in. And yeah. It's a greater cause. Well, and I don't want to drive to Albuquerque to see all my shows, you know? Yeah, you know, um, we, we have something to offer, so why not? And uh, and I think it can be, you know, anyway, we've, we've had tons of fun, you know, and I'm, I'm really proud of where we've come and where we're going. You know, I'm seeing faces I don't know, you know, which is awesome. Um, you know, people are coming out and, and like, I'm like, I don't know who these people are, but there's 70 people here. This is amazing, you know? Um and that's that's hugely important, you know, and this this is where this is this is how bands start. You know, this is where they this is where they grow. And this is and it's amazing music. So, you know, come enjoy it at all all types of music. Yeah, man, that's so cool. And the spirit's the same for every every scene. Every, it's not even music, just people coming together for a common goal, mm-hmm. you know, building each other up. You know, it's it's not a new idea. <laughs> no, not really. No, but uh, it's just really a cool thing to actually do, and when you actually do it, it's uh, such an amazing feeling. Yeah, and I think it's waves. You know, it's just it's just waves. I mean, none none of this stuff we do is new. In fact, I pull a lot of ideas from old school ideas. You know, from the eighties and things I learned from kind of my elders, I guess, or you know, looking up to the bands when I was fourteen years old and I was at some terrible house party watching Logical Nonsense play. You know, like like remembering that and and it's 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 all cycles you know and i'm yeah, sure i know I, your history yeah and i hope that you know the stuff we do inspires the next generation you know when when we're too old and crotchety to do it anymore that the the next somebody else comes out of that goes you know what santa fe was awesome let's do it again and that's yeah, somebody's got to do it too and that's kind of one thing it's like 
I'm a big comic book fan. You know, Spider-Man with the with great power comes great responsibility. Right, I use right. that in the like, oh, I know I could promote that show. I know I could do that. So I'm like, I'm like but I must for my scene yeah, yeah. or whatever, or, you know, for my crew or my, we did an art opening recently and I did a lot of the promoting element of it. And it was because, oh, I can do that. Okay. I'm going to do it then. Cause I can, and I know I should, and it's a good thing. And it's just like almost this uh, responsibility. If you, if you can do it, then do it. And and then we'll be remembered in the future because the kids are looking at us and are they going to, maybe the kids next generation are going to do something awesome. And what are they going to say? Oh, our generation wasn't doing anything until we came around, you know? <laughs> no, we want to give them something to, to look back and be proud of. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's what Warehouse 21 did for me when I was a teenager. Um, it was amazing. It's, it's what brought me up. It's the beginning of my story as an artist and musician. Yeah. And it, it's frightening. I mean, they're still around, thankfully, you know, but I, I, you know, that it's the seed for so many of us at the end of the day, you know, and, and I think part of it was like, you know, it gave you the power to do that at any level, you know, I mean, in your whole life, if you do anything artistic, everyone in the world is going to tell you it's a terrible idea. I mean, there are times when I'm looking at it, you know, I do something like I'm look going over my expenses or I like why, you know, I look at myself and go, this is the dumbest thing you've ever done. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, um, like your, your whole life, people will tell you that. So I think to have an entity like Warehouse 21 where they're like, no, it was encouraged, you know, Absolutely. is is a huge resource. Um, and and I mean, and I still try to support them when I can. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it, I think that's a huge part, but I, but you know, even like looking at us and seeing this type of stuff, it's like, you know, I want to tell if any kids are out there listening, it's like, don't be afraid to do it. You know, even if somebody tells you it's a bad idea, if you believe it in yourself and you believe it's something you have to do, then do it. You know, don't, don't be afraid to do it. Learn what you need to learn. You're going to make mistakes and that's okay. You know, that's how you start. I mean, I everybody made, sucks at first. Yeah, everybody sucks at first. And, <laughs> that and was you, the thing I always <laughs> plague myself with. Like, oh, I'm not as good as this and this. And should I be doing this? I'm not good enough. And I kept going. And, you know, I still sometimes have people I know I'm not as talented as or whatever. But I, I stopped caring. You know? Yeah. no, I mean, I'm good it, enough for myself. I've, I listened to my old tracks. I sucked. Now... I blow my old self away, you know? So it's like, hey, cool. No, your whole life. I mean, there's stuff I did three months ago that I can't listen to anymore because I'm like, ah. But, you know, the... the Do it because you love it. That's why we do it. Yeah, you do it. You know, what would you do for free, you know, basically? And to me, I mean, honestly, you know, writing music and, and, you know, pulling, you know, writing music and uh, producing bands and stuff like that. I mean, it's stuff that I would even consider paying to do if I had to. And we do every day you know i buy strings i you know i I rent a studio i gotta pay rent you know all that i mean in a way i am paying to do what i love and that's what it takes you know oh yeah absolutely yeah none of these microphones and cables like have a studio man these are money pits man (laughs) oh that is obscene and the worst and you know as you become like you know when i switched over to, to kind of being more of a professional engineer i guess or whatever um, you know, we started the decibel foundry. I started that because it was like, people were starting to call me, you know, I wasn't having to hustle for every gig. And I was like, wow, I might be kind of onto something. Maybe it's time to take the next step. And yeah, let's talk about real quick, the, the decibel foundry. We, in this whole conversation, we haven't really given that the high, a highlight it no, deserves. Not at all. <laughs> and that's like your big, 
that's your hub right now. That's the hub right now. Yeah. So I st- about a year ago, we started the Decibel Foundry again with Jesse, who's been prolific and all this, you know, great teams, always good partners, good friends. Um, you know, we went back into it. The old DMBD got torn down. So, and I've, I ended up finding a house. What's that? RIP. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I, I had a house where I was recording out of, and then I ended up getting evicted and, you know, it was kind of a mess there. So we decided to build and start over and, um, built a four room facility and, and, uh, you know, started, started cranking out bands. You know, we've done future scars who is a, who is, you know, from an earlier episode. Um, yeah, we've heard some of that work already on this show. Yeah. And I've been cranking out, you know, as much as I can. And, um, you know, taking the approach of, of not being the super pro multi-million dollar facility cause I can't afford it and nor can anyone else anymore. But, you know, be a good, solid project studio that's putting out quality work that uh, that I believe reflects the artist. And, and kind of, I, I like to bring in, like, kind of a lot of older school ideas to recording. Um, you know, I like to to live and let live and let the bands kind of be what they are. You know, I'm not, you know, you hear a lot of studios that are like, oh, well, I, you know, you have to be sober and you have to show up on time and you know, the clock is every second. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. I totally know where that comes from. But at the same time, you know, you have to let the artists be artists, you know, and let them do what they do. Um, and, uh, and so I built it to be like a place you can rent. Um, if other engineers want to work there, it's a place you can be loud. We can play in 24 hours a day. The place is, you know, mostly soundproofed. Um, and, uh, you know, it, that's, that's kind of been the, the new foundation for a lot of this going forward is, uh, is, is yeah, to, to be a location where it's, it's clean, it's done, I guess, you know, done the way I believe is right, which could be totally wrong. I don't know, but, um, at least go for it and try. This guy knows his stuff. I'll vouch for him. <laughs> well, thank you. But I, I went there once before you opened. In fact, Jesse got me over there and I helped uh, install the floor a little bit. Yeah. So I spent a few hours there. That that was you know I haven't seen it since it's been you know unveiled. But yeah. uh, great space. I was definitely uh, looking at that. You know, wishing the rah rah room could become the rah rah house. <laughs> the rah rah rooms. Yeah, I mean, and and again, you know, great team. I mean, Timmy, Jesse, Vince was over there. Matt Tuck from Torn Between Worlds was there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a lot of great help. So Love it was almost Timmy. it was, it was a, and and Timmy, yeah, it was, it was a community build. Really, really was you know the tight community, and and it's kind of become a community space. Bands rehearse there. Um, I provide a full backline for the rehearsals, so that way you know they don't have to carry as much gear around, and it's all nice equipment that I maintain. Um, That's a big big one. The yeah. gear gear shuffle is. Yeah, and horrendous for bands. That'll that'll make or break a band. There is the place to put the drums. Oh yeah, totally. You know, and it's it's comfortable. It's it's nice. You know, and again, any time of night doesn't matter. Um, and then you know, again, being flexible and open. And and I think you know, for me, like I have a vision of the way things should be run, and like, uh, and I I run them that way in the sense of you know, again, it's all about the artist. You know, I'm not. Thankfully, I'm a repair guy. I can repair. I can, you know, I'm a dealer for all the, for a lot of equipment, so I can get stuff at dealer cost. And all of that comes together. So it's like, you know what? Yeah, it's a backline, but you break ahead, it happens. Like it happens, it just happens. Not your fault. You know, uh, an amp blows up, well, we fix it. It's not like, a, you know, you don't have to worry about any of that happening. It's like you just focus on your music, you have the equipment there to do it, 
and um and, and you just make it happen if you need to borrow it for a gig that's all that's let me know um you know or while your amps in the shop i can lend you an amp like there's there's a lot of resources that i've been able to build up over the years that uh that allow me to kind of help musicians keep making music and to me that's the ultimate goal you know i I just hate seeing you know an artist who you know is making amazing music and then just doesn't have the resources to take it to the next step you know and so i try to do my best to work within reason to allow them to 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 keep making their art and not be like a total leech all the time you got to teach them how to fish for themselves no doubt but at least try to help them help themselves and and keep making music and and get it out there to the world you know and and let the world decide whether they like it or not or or what it'll be you just never know you know you never know it's not it's not my place to judge on that you know i listen to everything from avant-garde to bubblegum pop you know so i love it all so when you when you like all that it's like who am i to judge if it's good or not you know i'm just there to make sure it gets delivered i think in a way that that matches the artist's vision. Well, that's that's a great service you provide, man. Many services. You're a, you're a titan in the scene of Santa Fe music. Um, you know, I I warned you all that we were gonna nerd out and just talk, and so I I kept going to like, okay, we should play a song now, and but I'm like, oh, let's keep talking. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. And yeah, so and you also see we're trying to talk about him as an artist, and we still keep trailing off on all these other things because there's so much to do. And I think you and I have sim- similar kind of uh, approaches to what we do. We we kind of just go like all in. We're not just I'm not you're not just a shredder, you know. No, you, no. You, you, you do. I wish I was better <laughs> of one, but <laughs> well, but if you didn't do all this other stuff for your scene and all you did was sit around and play guitar, you'd be like amazing. But then all these other elements wouldn't exist. And that's like me. I'd be a better MC, better guitar player, better whatever if that's all I did. But I'm busy doing this stuff. And, and I love it. I'm happy to do it. But, yeah, yeah so uh, kindred spirits in that sense. Um, so let's play, play some more music. We're still going to get that music to you here. So let's, let's, let's drop another, another hit from the Decibel Foundry. <laughs>
All right, so that was a uh, Blind Drive playing their uh, new single Sketches, and uh, that's going to be on their EP I Am. Finish that in December, and they're actually having their CD release party on Saturday at February 18th at the Launchpad. If you want to try to catch that, um, but uh, that one was a lot of fun. It's it's I do a lot of death metal, but that one was one where it was cool to like branch out and do some more kind of rock type feel. Um, and with great musicians, you know, Frankie's and another, you know, talk about DIY scene in Albuquerque. Frankie's kind of one of the guys that's out there doing a lot of stuff. He goes to a ton of shows, um, you know, really personable. And he's dating uh, Shani from Suspended and, you know, a lot of a lot of great, uh, a lot of great musicians out there. Um you know, Daniel's been in the scene for a long time, and Riva does a lot of promoting, and 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 Butters from Española actually. So it's just a, another great band to be friends of, be friends with, and and support their music. Um, and uh, you know, so kind of we've talked a lot wrapping up, but I um, just want to do a quick shout out to some of the more. So we talked a lot about the DIY scene, and I feel like I didn't mention some guys that I want to mention. Um, you know. Dave, Dave Ahern, Dave McMaster, um, you know, Ben Brodsky, all the people, Dan over at the cave, like you talk about a, a DIY uh, place that's really helped the metal scene and was like a major pillar that kind of came up at the same time I did. The cave guys, you know, they're still doing it. We have a show there in a few weeks on, on February 24th. Um, and, uh, you know, just a, a really tight, awesome, you know, big part of that scene uh, that, that really, you know, helped bring a lot of us together and bring kind of the party aspect back. Um, so, yeah, awesome guys there. Um, you know, Cheryl from Undead Goathead doing her, her blogging and metal blogging and, and all of her writing, um, you know, and of course, all the support from the rest of our community. Um, we, you know, we mentioned a lot of guys already, so won't hit it too hard, but, you know definitely takes a team to make it so really proud to be a part of that and to to kind of help them and help us and <laughs> and uh and really help build something together so thank you to everyone thank you to everyone that comes out to shows and and thank you for listening well before we go we're gonna play one more track for you yep um so this is uh this is from one of my bands um carrying kind um i really love this song it's probably one of my favorites it's called um in democracy lies comfort Lyrics are written by Jason Grace, and it's about um, how we, you know, how we're letting the world by being just comforted and how it's all lies. It's very political, and um, the music's actually based on a classical guitar riff and, you know, dives into a few different styles. So hope you enjoy. Thank you very much, and thank, thank you for having me on the show. It's been awesome. Yeah, you know it. That's episode 11. See ya. See ya.